uh, this past year, if nothing, that, boy, you've got to be flexible and ready to change those plans. But our plan is that we are gradually and cautiously going to open up. Uh, you notice there's a little less space between everybody. Um, in the next few weeks, we want to, we're going to open up more and more, and that is if nothing happens in between, you, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and so on April 11th, that's the Sunday after Easter Sunday, um, we hope everything is open, and we're going to start our Bible classes. So we want you to be anticipating that. And for those of you at home who, who've been hesitant to get out, you know, the numbers are down. Uh, things are looking better. We had a little hiccup last week uh, because some in our staff uh, came down with the COVID and, and we, we wanted to make sure that didn't spread. And it didn't. It's been confined to their homes. I mean, and that's not a good thing, but it hasn't spread beyond that. Uh, it's so good to see Haley back. She was uh, one of those. Uh, Gary, of course, is one of those. That's why I'm here. Uh, Judy is one of those. Um, the Weaver, whole Weaver family is those. So remember them in your prayers. But as far as we know right now, everybody's doing well. As I said, the numbers are dropping, and we want, we want to encourage you, those of you who haven't been here. I know one sweet lady said, I'm here for the first time in months, and I'm so glad to be here, and we're so glad you're here. We're glad to see you. And so things are getting better. If you still feel cautious and you want to wear a mask, if you want us to even rope off one side of the auditorium so you can still keep distance and wear your mask, you know, we're accommodating. We all have to decide for ourselves how we feel about this and what we want to do, but we don't want to let fear rule our lives. And the Lord asked us to come together on the Lord's Day, oh, for a reason. Don't we need each other? Oh, I've missed you. I've missed the hugs. I've got a lot of hugs saved up uh, for when we, we feel comfortable about doing that. So anyway, we want to encourage you. We want you to know what our plan is. Uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you back here. I want to, if you got your Bible, turn with me. I'm going to start off with a scripture. Um, see, the A team has the scripture read for them. The B team has to read the scripture for himself. You know, <laughs> I, um, but that's all right. We, we can do that. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Is that up there? Where is it? There it is. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay. This is kind of the original good news, bad news uh, story. Uh, first, the bad news. You are decaying. What he means is that uh, we are going toward an end to this life. 
You know, we used to talk about automobiles had built-in obsolescence, so you would want to buy the new one. Uh, in other words, it's, it's going to be out of date, it's going to kind of crumble. You're not going to want that old thing anymore. Well, we have built-in obsolescence. Uh, I don't have to tell you. I started to bring a picture of me from about the 1980s when I was the preacher here, just so you could see the difference. Things are happening here. Uh, but I've known some of you since then, and you ain't looking so good either. Uh, we, we know that's what's happening. You go back to your high school reunions, and they're old people. Those that are still here, a bunch of them are missing. He's talking about that, as well as he's talking about the afflictions that we have while we're here. Read through 2 Corinthians again, and you're going to see this term, afflictions, kind of played out through all. Where he talks about he's the God of mercy and compassion right there in chapter 1, who comforts us in our afflictions because he knows they're here. The wise man, Solomon, talked about the troubles. And merciful heavens, look at the last year. Have we known troubles? Have we known afflictions? But life is full of them. And what he's saying is that you don't have to be convinced of this. It's there. I was with a group of my peers not long ago, and the conversation had just dawned on me what we were talking about. Everybody was talking about the particular joint in their body that hurt and what medication they were taking for it. And I stopped the conversation. I said, if there's any doubt that we're old, there's the proof. What are we doing talking about that? Well, that's part of our lives. It's happening. There it is. No way to get around it. No denying it. And there's no denying it because it's visible. I mean, you can see it. If I had showed you that picture of myself from... The 80s, you'd say, yeah, he changed a lot. He gotten older. It's visible, but it is with all of us. You look in the mirror sometime and you think, who's the old guy? Or sometimes you look in there and say, oh, my goodness, there's my daddy. <laughs> one woman said she, one morning she looked at the end of her bathrobe and said, oh, there's my mama's hand. We, it's visible. We can see it. And we can also feel it. Have the same energy. Have the same hair. Taking medicine. You know, I did a survey. Had people hold up hands. How many of you don't have all your original parts still in you? It's a tremendous number. We know what's happening. We see that and we feel that. It is inescapable. It's there. There you are. It's happening. We're deteriorating. No denying it. However, there's also good news. Give us number one, if you will. 
your physical circumstances do not define you. That is not all you are, and that's not all that's going on in the world. Now, let me tell you something, dearly beloved. There are times when we talk and we act like that's all there is. What's going on with us physically is all that there is. It's the main thing, and it's all that there is. And Paul is saying right here, hey, that's not all that's happening. In fact, he says, at the very same time that this is happening, these afflictions, this deterioration, this dying, this aging, at the same time that's going on, something else is also going on that's good. Our inner man is being strengthened. It's like we're dual beings almost, isn't it? There's a physical side of me, but there's also an inner man. There's a, what's he referring to here? Well, he's referring to my spirit, my heart, my mind, my, my soul, if you will. And he says, even while this is happening over here, this is happening over here. So good and bad can be happening in your life at the same time. In fact, Paul says that's exactly what's going on. We're being renewed every day. What's happening? Well, it's spiritual. We're gaining spiritual strength. Do you even know what that is? It's, it's something that is built out of faith and trust and confidence in God. And is very real. We're, we're gaining in spiritual maturity. We're growing up spiritually. The Bible talks about that. You see, from the time you're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life and he gives you his spirit, starts a process of working on you. It's God who is at work in you. Paul talks about that. And he's, he's transforming you. He's growing you up spiritually. You're maturing. There is a greater depth. That's what he's talking about. You know, you know some people who aren't very deep. You, you kind of talk with them and, and the conversation is, is very shallow. It doesn't go into anything very deep. It's all about, maybe it's about things. Maybe it's about outer circumstances. Maybe it's about them, but not on a deep level. Very shallow. But the Lord wants us to grow in depth. So we see and understand and live in and walk in and experience the deeper things of this life. Because even while, and give me number two. No, that's number three. You already have number two up there. You're ahead of me. All right. Even as the bad is happening, good can also be happening. All right. We already been through that. Now, this is based on certain things that the Lord has taught us. 
He's assured us of something. We live, I like the song that you picked, particularly about the promises, how we're leaning on, living in, dependent upon. And one of the promises, one of the assurances is this, and here's number three, Romans 8, 28. And Paul says this in the book of Romans, and you have to be amazed at his confidence. We know, we know. You know, it's like we say sometimes, well, you know, like everybody knows. And Paul says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We know that. I know we flippantly use that sometimes. Well, all things work together for good. And, and brush off things. Doesn't say they're not bad. Paul doesn't say there aren't afflictions. Notice that? There are afflictions. Means troubles, hurts, wounds, pain, agony in different forms. That he's not saying that, but he says, out of that, God can bring good. In fact, the promise is that he will. Now there's a qualifier, isn't there? For those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. For God's people who cling to him, who walk with him, who serve him, they can be assured that good things will come. Well, now, wait a minute. That doesn't take away from the bad, does it? Oh, no. Remember, we are deteriorating. There are afflictions. So he's saying that will be there, but at the same time or out of there will come good things, spiritual things, deep things. The basic premise is this. Here's number four. The basic premise is this. God is good and the giver of all things good. Now, that's a, that's a basic premise. I think I talked about that a while back. But that's big, folks. The scripture says the whole earth is full of his goodness. Are you aware of that? You see it? And we're invited. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Your God has good things for you. He wants good things for you. Jesus talked about that part of the Sermon on the Mount, really, when he talked about if you, being evil, and he meant by that earthly, physical, selfish of the earth, know how to give good things to your children, you do that, don't you? He uses the illustration, he asks for bread, you're not going to give him a stone, and uh, so forth. You know, he, he uses that. He said, and if you know how to do it, you want good things for your children? Of course you do. Give your right arm to give them good things. Then he says, how much more? And I love that phrase. How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to them who call on him? Our God is good. Everything he does is good. We don't always understand that. And that's, and that's the problem. Give me number five. We don't always understand it. We don't always recognize what good is, number one, 
or when it is happening. And the fact is, we can't. We can't always see it. It's not visible. Remember how I said the physical deterioration? Oh, we know that. Why? Well, you can see it. I mean, good grief, look at the hair, look at the body, look at the, you know, we, we see it. And we, plus we feel it. We got the aches, we got the pains, we got the, some carrying around diseases that they have to deal with every day. Some are dealing with pains that you have never had to endure. Some have had losses. And sometimes the darkness, the awfulness, the terribleness of it is so overwhelming that we can't possibly see any good. And you know what? That's okay. We don't have to be able to see it. We can't recognize anything good sometimes. I don't see it. We cannot understand any, how anything good could come out of this. We cannot see anything good. It's not there that I can see. And certainly it's not there that I can feel. Ask Abraham walking up Mount Moriah to kill his son. You see anything good here? No. Can you imagine something good that's going to come out of this? No. It's too horrible. It's too awful. I'm overwhelmed by the awfulness of it. Ask Job when everything that he had was taken away from him including his children, and his wife was saying, go on and just curse God and die. He had nobody on his side. Even his friends came over and began to say, you know, Job, it's pretty obvious to us. You messed up. You need to repent of something. He says, no. No. And he hadn't. Is anything good, Job? No. Ask Mary and Martha. Well, they're watching their brother die and then putting him in a tomb. You see the good here, don't you? You see the good? No. Don't you feel it? No. See, no. Ask the disciples as they see Jesus dying on the cross. You see something good happening here? No. No. See, nothing good. All I see is the pain. And the terrible awfulness of it all. And that's what we're experiencing because that's what we see and that's what we feel to our core. So we can't see it. And, and there wasn't any at the moment. The good would come out later, for some of them at least. And understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying the event was good. It wasn't. The circumstances was horrible. The event itself was horrible. But the point is this. Out of the horrible, out of the darkness, out of the pain, out of the tears, out of the awfulness of it all, God can and does and promises, I'll bring something good. Wow, maybe thinking, oh, it's a terrible price to pay for it. And I guess it is. 
I guess it is. But the fact is that terrible, bad, awful circumstances, the pain, the tears, the broken heart, the sadness, the devastation, even death, God can and will bring spiritual blessings. That's our faith because he said it. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord. You say, well, I don't see it. I can't feel that. It's not, there's no rationale. There's no logic for this. No. It's faith. It's faith. It's what we stand on. It's what we believe. We believe that our God, out of His goodness, even though He lets us experience some horrible things, can and will bring spiritual blessings out of it. That is our faith. That is our experience. If you don't believe it, poll the people. I'm looking in the faces of some people now who have known tragedy and heartbreak. In fact, there's not very many faces I'm looking in who haven't. Ask them. Ask for their testimony. Did you see good at the time? Most of them will say no. Did you see some kind of blessing, some kind of grace, some kind of help, some kind of depth come out of that? Without exception, almost every one of them will tell you, oh yeah. Did that take away from the pain? No. But along with the pain, happening at the same time, happening at the same time, even as the hurt and the pain and the awfulness was going on, so was blessing, so was depth. It changed their hearts. It changed their faith. It changed their vision. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about your vision, what you see. Look again. 2 Corinthians 4.18. What does he say? We see. What do we say? We're seeing the unseen. While we look, not at the things which are seen. Well, remember, the physical things, we sure see those. But we look at the things which are not seen. We look at things not seen. Isn't that a what do you call it, oxymoron or a contradictory statement? How do we look? We look by faith. The fact of the matter is, and maybe this is the major point of the lesson, those people mentioned in Romans 8, he says, for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes, those people are granted the ability to see things that others don't see. Folks, we live in a world that, according to the Bible, and look around, is the darkness. It always has been. 
You don't want to say it's been. Now, I've lived to see over my lifetime in our nation, in our society, in our culture, yeah, things have gotten worse. But is that the worst it is anywhere in the world or anything like that or even back in biblical times or any times? No, 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 not at all. But we've seen the world grow darker. We've seen God pushed aside. We've seen the spiritual things made fun of and poopod and and there, there is an element that simply doesn't believe they're there, doesn't know they're there, doesn't understand, and thinks you're a little bit crazy because you, you claim to see something. It's not there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is there, and we do see it. That's why we have... <clears throat> such a responsibility to get the gospel out. Jesus came, as he said, to give sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf, not just physically, but spiritually. And blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. And so we do understand, and we do grasp the fact, yes, even in the midst of our deterioration, And in the midst of our afflictions, God is going to, or has, going to bring good and blessings. Maybe it's to our hearts, to our depth, to our strength. So here's the challenge. Number six. Open your eyes to a new vision. There are things you may be missing. Paul prays over in Ephesians 1 that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Jesus talked about bringing sight. He talks about the world walks in darkness. But you, he said, you see. Look at It's one of the themes through the book of Ephesians. Go, go read that and look at the, the seeing in the darkness, the blindness, to open your eyes to the reality, to the other side, and so you don't just focus on my pain and my trouble and my problems and my afflictions. And bless your heart, some of you have them, a lot of them, some more than others. I don't you got any explanation for that? No. No, I have none. I, I don't know. None whatsoever. But to fulfill this challenge, to have this new vision, to see these things, takes new eyes. Number seven. A new vision is only seen with new eyes. And only Jesus can give you that. Only Jesus can give you a rebirth. Away from a life that's messed up and going the wrong way spiritually. Only Jesus can give you the life that is not only forgiveness and free of sin, but a renewed spirit, a renewed heart. The hope and the insight and the vision To see things that are not seen. 
And I want to invite you. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. If you haven't done that, if you haven't given your life to Jesus and allowed him to do that, we want to encourage you to do it. We're going to have people standing around. Talk to the elders. Talk to one of the ministers. Talk to, just reach out to anybody and say, I want to see. I want to see. Or if you've let your vision get clouded, and that happens sometimes. You've let the, the ugliness and the darkness get so big that it's crowded out the other. Get somebody to pray with you. Confess it. We're here for each other. Folks, we, we struggle. We have the afflictions. But we also have each other, and more than that, we have the Lord. And that's the message, and that's the challenge. Chuck?